And then as soon as we were hearing that, I said, that's a police knock. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the police. They are coming. Welcome back. We are here for episode five of Cinema Slab. I'm the resident Scream Queen, Anna. I'm your Gorgal, Hannah. And we are going to be covering Infinity Pool 2023, just released, new film by Brandon Cronenberg. And we're excited to talk about it. We watched it last night. Uh, we're recording Saturday, February 11th. And I know Hannah and myself are both really big Cronenberg fans in general, but I feel like we're kind of getting in a groove here on, on Cinema Slab with kind of doing an every week episode, so I feel like we should talk about first how we rate a movie. Why do we, um, why do we recommend them? What do we like about them? And what does it resonate with us to where we say, yeah, you've got to watch this? So, Hannah, what is that for you? Like, what do you, whether it be horror, drama, action, comedy, whatever, what is something you look for in a movie that you're like, yeah, you've got to watch this. It's so good. Like, what is the, what gives it a five out of five stars for you? Probably the number one thing for me is it has to suck me in. Like, if I get sucked into a movie, I don't hear anything else around me. I'm, I'm sucked into that movie. Um, Anna's witnesses firsthand. And my brother has too. Um, I, so that's, that's one thing. I need, I need to get sucked in within at least the first like 10 or 15 minutes. And if I'm, if it's got a good, you know, if, if the acting's good, the casting's good, the story's good, I'm digging what's going on um, in that first 10, 15 minutes. You know, I'll I'll finish the I'll finish the movie, um, and, and probably enjoy it. Hopefully, there has been some movies that you know have sucked me in at the beginning, and then it's like mm, not yeah. so much. Uh, I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be good, but then oh, it kind of fell you know yeah. fell off towards the middle or the end. Right. Um. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I've pretty much said everything, you know, casting's got to be good. Um, the, the acting needs to be good. That can kind of just kill it for me. If, if, if they're not selling it, if the chemistry's not good, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I'm not meaning casting like it has to be like A-list actors. I'm not meaning it like that. Um, I'm just meaning like, you know, they they when they were making the movie they really took into consideration these people's auditions and they like matched the person with that what they were trying to do in that role. Yeah. Um it's got to have good casting, got to have a you know a good flow to it. It's got to suck me in within the very end. If we're talking about horror, it's got to have it's got to have some gore in it. it I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do like some stuff that, you know, I can take some things that don't, as far as horror, that don't have gore in it. But if it does have gore in it, it's a definite plus for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like you're kind of with me on this kind of level. One thing I feel like everybody should know about me is that I'm going to like a movie before I hate it. You know, yeah. I, 
I'm always going to give it the benefit of the doubt, even like bodies, bodies, bodies. You know, like we ha- ended up hating it. Yeah. Give <laughs> that fucking movie the benefit of the doubt to the very end. You know. Yeah. That's just me. There's been very few movies in the past few years. I mean even in recent memory that I can remember that I've really just hated, which I won't go into those, but I can think of a few. (laughs) Yeah. Dialogue. It has to have a really well-written script because I feel like if you have a well-written script, that's what all movies are based on. You know, it's someone wrote a script and sold it. It it just has, like with casting, it has, it has to have actors in those parts that, Fully embody the characters to where we believe everything they're doing. Yes. And that's the first thing that sucks me in. The second is cinematography and the way the movie shot and how a director will incorporate shots within the movie to tell the story without the dialogue. Yeah. And sometimes those things go hand in hand, but a lot of times, especially in the horror genre, they don't use dialogue. They use shots, and they use mood, and they use sound. You know, that's what I look for. But above all, I'm always going to like a movie before I hate it. I'm always just tickled to see a new movie, especially if it's one that I think is going to be good. I'm excited for from a director I love or actors I love. I feel like for both of us, Infinity Pool was a huge win because yeah. I woke up this morning and I feel like I was still on a high from it because <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it so much. And I feel like I was going to like it because the name Cronenberg, whether it be David or Brandon, his son who directed this and wrote it, you know, you know it's going to be good just because yeah. of the game. Yeah. I I went into this thinking this was his first feature, but we found out that no, it's not. He's done Antiviral and Possessor. Possessor. Which yeah. I haven't seen either, but now either. we need to kind of go back and watch them and see. Yeah. Because this was great. Yeah. Before this, I actually watched a couple of people who reviewed it <laughs> yeah. and, on YouTube. They were talking about how uh, they really they really liked Possessor. Wasn't that crazy about Antiviral? Mm-hmm. They said they kind of kn- knew what he was trying to portray, but they didn't this they didn't really like it. But they said Possessor was really good and it's really gory, evidently. So I, I really want to see that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also another guy. And it was two men in the review and the other guy wasn't that crazy about it and he wasn't crazy about infinity pool so it was kind of a yeah Uh, and and then and even the um the one guy that liked possessor he wasn't really that into infinity pool either Um, so yeah i kind of listened to some people who weren't that crazy about it but i really i really enjoyed it I love, we, uh, both of us love Cronenberg films. I was just talking about we need to do The Fly uh, uh, on one of our reviews because that's one of my favorite uh, Cronenberg movies. And, of course, I know this is his son, but, I, you know, I think kind of like father, like son, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's hard hard in, you know, you always, you don't want to compare the, you know, in the whole well, you don't want to compare the sons or the grandsons to the forefathers and mothers before them. But it's hard in this situation not to because David Cronenberg is such a big name. And not only yeah. horror, but body horror. And that is yeah. a hard subgenre of horror to execute. And I feel like David Cronenberg does it perfectly every time. Like, his movies are, the way I like to describe them is they're so confusing and weird, but they're so yeah. 
easy to follow and you get it. it yeah. It's and that's, you know, it's so it's hard when you have a movie like Infinity Pool that does feel very much like a David Cronenberg movie. Yes. To not compare it, but in not a negative uh, way at all. It's yeah, no. All the praise. I mean, Brandon Cronenberg and her have written it. I mean, that's amazing. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to in situations like this because of just the genre of horror that it's in and how so many directors and writers have successfully executed body horror type horror over the years. Yeah. But David Cronenberg did it every time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, you know, I mean, that's, you know, a testament really to his touch on the on the genre. Yeah, I was watching Andy, the maniacal cinephile. <laughs> He's a really good <laughs> movie reviewer. I mean, just uh, the really, name in general, it, it just, you know. Yes. You got to listen to him. Yeah, he's really awesome. And I've been watching him for a while, probably two years now. He did a review on Infinity Pool. And he said, Brandon Cronenberg said that he based this, like, he was writing this movie based on bad vacations that he had had. <laughs> and I was like... Dude, what kind of vacations did you go on? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, that this is a good point right now. I'm going to go ahead and drop the spoiler warning for 2020 yes. Infinity Pool because we're about to get into it. So, air horn here. So, that gets into what we were discussing while we were watching it last night is that that's one of my biggest fears is to go on some kind of foreign tropical vacation and to get kidnapped and put in a prison and tortured and whatever else like that. Yeah. That to me that's is sketchy. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't blame him for <laughs> you know, basing it on that. And Lord, if he had any kind of vacation experiences like they had in this, then he's having well, a... David Cronenberg was his dad. I mean... Right. <laughs> he might have been attracted to it a little, in a little... Yeah. Like, like like James Foster in, yeah. in the movie. That's, you know, that could be an interesting comparison. Maybe he was attracted to the uh, sed- uh, seductiveness of it all and, yeah. you know, the intrigue and what's going to happen because in the movie we follow James and M. Foster and James, uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård. And can I just say, the man can wear a white cotton button-up. I mean, yes. flawless, with the black sunglasses. Mm. So, he's a struggling writer, and he's written one book, and it didn't do so well. And his wife, M, is rich, and we find out later in the film that her father actually owns a publishing company. So, then it kind of all makes sense, you know, do they really love each other? Or is he just with her because of her money and her dad's, you know, uh, publishing company? So that right there brings in an interesting, you know, kind of question to what's going on with them right off the bat. Yeah, they kind of make quips at each other throughout the movie, too. Like, she yeah. says, you know, he married rich. You know, they ask what what he did to make money, and he's, she interrupts and says... He married rich, and then there was another. Uh, there was another quip she said. And she said, um, she she married the first broke writer that fell into. Oh life. yes, and yeah. Like, Damn girl, like that. Yeah, was, I mean, but he don't react. That was something that got me. He doesn't react to her negative comments, and I was just like, I don't know. That make me mad. Maybe that answered our question. Maybe he really does. He's just so her. broke down and shattered already. He just don't yeah. care. But I mean, at the beginning, when we just see kind of his interaction. I said to you, I was like, he's kind of a dick, and he seems like he doesn't know he's a dick. He's just, 
like poking at her, and I'm like, well, that's rude. But they're adding all all inclusive beach vacation at this resort uh, called La Tolka. It's fictional, and um, they meet Gabby, played by the lovely Mia Goth, and she just she just takes you in anyways, no matter what movie she's in. I mean, yeah. you just help but get sucked into everything. Yes. And her was it her boyfriend or just her husband? It was her husband. Okay, yeah, and her last name's Gabby Bauer, so they were married. Okay. That answers my question. Um, so they meet them, and she sees um, Gabby and James kind of meet each other on the beach at first, and she tells James, I loved your book. You know, you're James Foster. Yeah. And, of course, that just she Oh, that's that just broken that ego. <laughs> that's exactly what he needed. That's not what he's getting in the career that he's in. That's not what he's getting from his wife. Yeah. No matter how beautiful she is, you know, it's, he's just not getting that ego stroked. And Mia Goth did it, or Gabby, I should say. Gabby did it. Yeah. And she invites James and Em to have dinner with her and Alvin. And on this fictional resort, they can't go outside the compound after a certain time. Was it one of the detective's uncles, I believe, that ends yeah. up arresting them after? His, uh, one of his uncles worked at the resort and rented them the car. Yeah. To- aren't supposed to have and so yeah. they go outside the compound they're partying they're drinking and um oh my gosh in a very extended scene on the beach James uh, <laughs> James is taking a leak to which Gabby just walks up and gives him a reach around yeah and, and he just he <laughs> yeah and he just lets her yeah 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 oh my goodness and we were just sitting there. good uh, it was a good 30 seconds was it yeah. not and it's almost, he, it was never ending. And then we get the shot of the rocks, and we were like, no. no. Yes. <laughs> and here it comes. Yeah, yep, there it um, came. The lighthouse all over again. I'm sorry, Pete. Don't like the lighthouse. Oh, the lighthouse? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, it, but in that moment, it really kind of sealed the deal. Like, okay, this is the kind of movie we're about to Yeah, see. okay. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, the night goes on, and they're drinking, and they're partying, and they get in the car, and... Something's happening with the lights. He, the lights are flickering. Yeah. And messing with it. And he, and finally, he was already falling asleep a little bit before that. And everybody else is already asleep in the car, passed out. And he's yeah. gripping the steering wheel trying to stay awake. And then once he finally gets the lights back on, someone's in the way of the road and he hits them. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, it was just right there. And holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. So you felt for him in that moment because when we were watching it, we were like, oh, my God. And in in that scene, did it not feel like, I know what you did last summer? Yes. (laughs) That's what I think. Two couples driving drunk, back road, and they hit somebody and kill them. Yeah. So there was a part of me, I was like, okay, is he going to take it that route? You know, kind of like a a revenge story? Yeah. we got into the plot and everything just at that moment when I felt like it was like I know what you did last summer uh, Gabby starts telling them that you know James and Em are freaking out because they're Americans and they're like yeah. we've got to call the police they're in this foreign country they've hit someone obviously it was an accident they didn't do this with Ellen right. Gabby says no no do you not understand we're in a foreign country and they are brutal yeah, they're yeah. brutal. Do you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to get raped and tortured by guards in this prison, and then you're going to get murdered, and they're not going to think anything else about it. So, I mean, in a, you know, we were both like, okay, yeah, get in the car, go. You know, she yeah. did a good job of convincing us as viewers, like, okay, right. 
situation. I would have done the same thing. And then the next morning, it was so funny. I mean, James was shook by it. And yeah. M, M was too, but James was the one driving the car. So you felt kind of more for him in that situation because he's the one who hit the guy and killed him. Yeah. And then they get back to the compound and you already know something's about to happen because the guards at the gate are like, well, what are you doing outside the compound? Yes. And they're You're, not letting them in. Like they're, they're not letting them in at first. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're just getting. like, oh yeah. Yeah, and we're like, okay, well, they're going to know it was them mm-hmm. because they're talking to those guards. Those They're going to come straight to those guards and be like, you know, did you let somebody in that, you know, was coming from this way? Or, you know, and they're going to be like, yeah, this, these, this, these two couples. Um, and so they did the car. Yeah. They didn't pull back up to the gate in the car with the smashed windshield and the blood all over it. They ditched it. So, obviously, the cops are going to find that car somewhere. Yeah. And and put two and two together. And the fact that they just went back to the hotel and went to sleep, like nothing happened, thinking they were going to wake up. Like, hey, you're good. I was like, and then as soon as we were hearing that, I said, that's a police knock. Oh, that's the police. They are coming. I knew that not. It was happening. I'm so tickled. <laughs> oh, my God. Because at first I was like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Gabby. Maybe it's Gabby. Maybe it's Gabby. Yeah. Maybe it's Gabby. Yeah. Said, nope. Said, nope. That's the police. But I mean, but at the same time, we were laughing. I mean, it is funnier to watch these movies together. <laughs> I mean, if I was watching that by myself, I probably I would have made that comment, but it might not have been so funny, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> but but I mean, even though we were laughing, I mean, you still felt that dread, like yeah, he hit somebody and killed someone. They're coming for him, like oh, you yeah. know. And Gabby already gave him a preview of, as to what was coming. Right. <laughs> we feel that dread, and sure enough, he opens the door. And the the owner of the resort or the front desk guy and a cop. I was like, yep, here we go. Oh, and wow. they take them both off, James and him. And she's freaking out and having a panic attack in the car. And they get them to the, uh, the police station or the compound, wherever they're at, and they split them up. She's freaking out and screaming. And, and it must have been at least 24 hours because they spent the night there. Yeah. And the next day is when that detective, I can't remember what his name was, Detective Thresh. Thresh, okay. Okay, so they're met the next morning by Detective Thresh, and he's played okay, by yeah. Thomas Kretschmann. Uh, he's a German actor, and he was in, let's see, King Kong, Resident Evil Apocalypse. See, I knew he looked familiar. Uh, Wanted, he was in Wanted with Angelina Jolie, James McAvoy. Oh, I saw that, yeah. So he had that familiar face, and he's, uh, yeah. He's oh, he was in The Pianist. Oh, okay, yeah, he's done some TV work, too. Central Intelligence. Oh, he was in The Avengers, Age of Ultron. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, that's probably where I'm recognizing from most of all. Oh, yeah, and he was in Captain America Winter Soldier, Baron Wolfgang. Yes, okay, it's all making sense. So, he's the detective, Detective Thresh, and he comes into James's cell the next day and basically tells him that his wife snitched him out and, yeah. and told everything that happened the night before and copped to it all and, yeah, just, and he's just basically relaying the information so nonchalantly. Yeah. Like, it's no problem. 
and even James is sitting there kind of in shock and and he's uh he asked him he says my my uncle's the one who rented you the car and as a courtesy to me I wonder if you could just keep his name out of it because he'll get in trouble if they find out he rented the car to you yeah and he said that before he even told him that his wife had he said that before he told him that M had told everything. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he made him agree to that before he even told him anything. Yeah, and James even yeah. says, he goes, well, what would that change for me? And he goes, nothing. It, yeah. It's just something I would nothing. appreciate you do for me. And I would have I would have been like, no, I'm not saying yeah, exactly. And, and James is just so naive. I mean, you can tell he's he's never been in any kind of sketchy situation. He's kind of privileged, yeah. even though he is a broke writer. You can tell he's a little privileged, and he, he's wow. never kind of experienced anything like that. So he's just like, okay, yeah, sure. And yeah. then then he starts telling him what happened, that M yeah. caught to everything. They find out that the man he hit was a farmer and that his family had found him dead in the road the morning before. Yeah. And that in their country, the custom is for the oldest son to kill the man who killed the father in order to preserve the family's name. And then James is sitting there kind of shook, like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, he just says it to him, so, like, that cop's just telling him this, and uh he just says it nonchalantly to him, and he's like, because he even mentions, he goes, um he, uh he, the farmer had a 13-year-old son and a 9-year-old son, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he says, whichever one... I guess, I think he says, uh, if the 13 year old wouldn't do it, the nine year old could do it, or something like that. He says, lucky um, for him, he has two sons. Yeah. Yeah. He just said something like, uh, fortunately he has two sons, and, and James is just sitting there just looking at him. Yeah. And, I, and he just goes, I think he just goes, what? <laughs> like. Yeah. And, and then he just keeps talking, and so through, more conversation. We find out that for a certain price, the country mm-hmm. can make a double of him, a yes. perfect body double, basically like a replica of him yeah. that will stand in for him for execution in order for him to live and because he's rich by proxy of his wife. Yeah. And he can pay the price, kind of get away with murder. I mean, really, even right. Even though it was an accident, you know, I mean, in the U.S., you think it would probably be, what, involuntary manslaughter? I mean, and yeah. plus, he was under the influence, so. Yeah. DUI. That would have been another charge, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like he would have had to done some prison time, but he wouldn't have been executed. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, in those kind of countries, it's, you know, money talks, especially for Americans. Yeah. They think all Americans are rich to some degree. Yes. So, And they know for a fact he is. And that his wife is going to pay it because she's already told him everything else. Right. You know, yeah. the detective's already spilled to her what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she's okay to pay it. And now he's yeah. just saying, pretty much not even asking his permission, just saying, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make a double of you to stand in for your execution. Yes. This double is not just going to be like a robot. He's going to have no, his. It has his memories, everything. His feelings. Like he's yes. Just, He's going to die thinking he's dying for killing that farmer. Yes. It's a whole other kind of mind fuck in that regard. But pretty much, I mean, he's he goes along with it because, I mean, what choice do you have? Yeah. 
I mean, if they offered you that opportunity, what would you do? If well, I would say I wouldn't have the money to do it. So I would, but I guess if I was in that situation, I was at that resort, I would have the money to be there. Right. Or if it, Rick would have the money, I guess if, <laughs> yeah. if it was the same situation. Yeah. Okay, I guess what would scare me the most is just the pain of the dying. I'm not so much scared of dying. I'm more scared of the pain, like what that would be, which I, I have a high pain tolerance and I'm covered in tattoos. Like I'm, it's not, it's just like the, the way, the way James dies, it, it was painful. It was painful to watch. Like it was very brutal. That there, you know, the son does come and stab, he stabs him and like just blood is just pouring out of his stomach and, and he James is like, yeah, and he's like, no, you know, and, and he's so scared and also you can tell that it's, the pain is so, I guess it would just be what I'm afraid of is the fear right before I die, I guess. Of, yeah, you know. because, because in that moment, you know you're going to die. Yes. It's different when you fall asleep and you die naturally or if you're in a car crash and you don't know what's coming. It doesn't necessarily make it easier for your loved ones, but, right, you, but it, you as the individual that's dying, yeah. you know in that moment, James knew in that moment whether it was he his was dying. Oh, yeah, he, he knew he was dying. Yeah. And you felt for him because, you know, like the detective said, he's gonna, your replica is gonna have the same thoughts as you do. He's gonna have the same guilt that you feel for killing that man. So he's gonna die knowing that he's kind of getting what is coming to him, really, even though it was an accident or not. So you feel, I mean, and it's just a testament to uh, Alexander Skarsgård because, I mean, you believed him. He was scared. Oh, yeah. And, and what was crazy about it too, is they bring him out and he's in like this hospital gown with a circle cut out over his stomach. Yeah. Which is pretty much like the bullseye for where he's got a stab. Yeah. 13 year old kid. And that's something else that's shocking. You don't see, you don't see kids a lot in those roles doing the maniacal. He didn't just stab him a few times and kill him. He repeatedly stabbed him in that hole. Yes. His hand and the knife. On his face at the very end. The kid. Had this uh, just just demonic looking like getting off on it, but also you have to think that was his father that he killed. Hundred percent. So yeah. I mean, how many of us would want to? We would want to do that to somebody that oh, killed yeah. our loved ones. I, I would. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just being truthful. If somebody hit my dad, oh yeah, I could tell you. And, yeah. and, and in that situation now, you know, in a fictional, hypoth- you know, what if kind of situation, you know, yeah. Be my mom for me. Like if somebody ever did anything to my mom, I would. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I, I could. So I don't I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would enjoy it like the little kid looked like he it would. Yeah. It would still be like kind of painful because the way the way James was reacting, it was just so. Oh, it was all such. You and I both individually are such like, such like caring individuals. Yeah. And no matter how much we kind of hate or don't like somebody, we don't want to kill them. We don't want to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I don't know. There's like a part of me that would like <laughs> make it as easy as possible, but then I can see the rage and the anger in me taking over. Like you killed my dad, or you know, yeah. my mom before she passed away. If it was my mom yeah. too. Like, no, you're going to die now. You know, right. so I, I, I can kind of resonate with that. But it's shocking to see kids 
even in horror movies nowadays, still doing that because it yeah. is far between. And like you said, the kid did. He did have a smile on his face and he enjoyed it. Yeah, it was creepy. And But the bitch of it is, is the stipulation was James and Ian had to sit in and watch the execution. So yeah. they're audience yes. not just them there's other people so they're watching it the whole time yeah em's kind of freaking out and turning her head and not looking and it's like a car crash for james he just can't look away yeah he and, and he's loving it yeah he was even smiling too at the very end time it was over yep he was smiling yeah it cut over to him and it, he you know em's kind of crying and you know i think she might have had her face in her hands maybe or might be kind of Putting her face over in his, yeah, yeah, shoulder, and he's just, like, sitting there, you know, like, it It just evokes something in him that when he was watching himself uh, be killed, it evoked some sort of evil, I don't know if it was, yeah, some sort of just evil kind of, I can do whatever I, you know, I don't know, maybe kind of, I can do whatever I want, uh, because he hasn't felt powerful in a very long time, because his ego is shattered, because his book failed, he doesn't have any money, he's living off his wife. And um, he, he's in this foreign resort, and he even makes that comment at one point. We knew my fan club had to be somewhere. So, I mean, Gabby sold him on it, you know, I yeah. read the book, and then Albin had read it too, and then he's getting off on it, you know, so yeah. that for him... It just led him even deeper down into the rabbit hole as to wanting to follow what was going on. After the execution, they're let free to kind of go back to the hotel, and they run back. And the body is cremated, and they give James the urn. Yeah. <laughs> because you said, you you go, what's that, he hold, what's that he's holding? And I was like, I think that's an urn. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out that after... This happens. The double that they're, that's used is cremated, and the cremated body of the double is given to the original. Yeah. <laughs> the original James. Yep. And he's kind of, like, holding on to it kind of lovingly and, you know. Yep. Looking at it. Yeah. He's just he's just enamored by it. And, and just this whole inspiration has struck, and this is what he needed to kind of guide him. I feel like he's following the rabbit hole to a good book idea. And that ultimately, yeah. ultimately spirals into something he couldn't have even imagined when it started. Mm-hmm. So they get back to the hotel. They're packing up. And like, we got to get out of here. We got to get to the hotel in like 20 minutes or the airport in like 20 minutes. And he yeah. can't find his passport. Then we're like, oh, fuck. They took his passport. They're holding ah. him. Like, it's a conspiracy. They're holding him here. And then so they're laying in bed. And M says, I can't. I'm sickened, really, I think is what she says, is by how much you enjoyed that and how much you couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. So even she knew, you know, she was a very visceral reaction to what she was watching, and he just... She knew something was different. Yeah, I guess kind of in the same sense he was, too, but not in the same way she was. Disgusted, and he was intrigued. And And then all he says is, I'm going to go... He goes, I'm going to go down to the... uh, the hotel front desk. Maybe they can help. Yeah. So he goes down to the front desk. He immediately tells her he wants to stay another week. Yeah. So he like pretty much. I think there was maybe one. He uh, they kind of go back and forth a little bit, but then he's like, "Okay, I'll just I'll just book another week." Yeah. He's booking this on his wife's uh, either debit card or credit card. Doesn't yeah. ask her. Mm-hmm. Um. He doesn't even go back up to the room because then Gabby comes, doesn't, 
Yeah, yeah Gabby comes out and they meet out yeah. in the yeah. And um she's like, you know, let me let's get a drink and let me explain. Yeah. Um but yeah, he just immediately and I'm like, is he not even gonna go like tell his wife that, <laughs> that, that, that also when they were in the bed he tells her, You can go on without me. Yeah. You have your passport. He tells her, You can go. But you know, but, I'm but sure he's also he's also kinda of playing her in that moment too because Yes. He says if you can go, he says, if you want to go ahead and go home, I'll understand. And I'll be back as quick as I can and try to get this all sorted out. And trying to comfort her and say, you know what, no, if you want to go home, it's okay. I'll be there ASAP. Yeah. But he don't care. He's just trying to comfort her. He right. wants to follow, you know, Gabby and see what she's up to. Think of if you were in that situation as his wife, how many reservations you would have about that, like about leaving him there. What mm-hmm. if he never finds his passport? I mean, what if, uh, I don't know, what if you, then all of a sudden you couldn't get in contact with him? Uh, I mean, he's in a foreign, a foreign country, a foreign land. You know, you already, he already had to be executed once. I, mean, I know, I know. I would just be, I would be very, now, I guess also she's thinking this guy's gone nuts. Like, she probably thinks, like, after she saw him, the way he acted during his, in when he was uh, being executed, she's probably already in her head said, something's, something's changed. She's mm-hmm. not, so I guess it also she's thinking that, too, and maybe that's more of a reason to, of saying, all right, yeah, I'm leaving. But also, just, I would have so many, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would want to leave him. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I would just be like, no, 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 like, let's figure this out. Like, yeah. You know, it's not like you're in California and we're in New York. Right. You're in a different country where yeah. it's hard enough to get a passport as it is in the U.S. Yeah. Somewhere that doesn't even speak your native tongue or. I don't even think I saw them use cell phones. I don't th- I'm not sure. I don't remember. No, I'm just saying, like, how would you get in touch with each other? Like, if, if you did. Yeah. But- See, another, another thing, too, with, with M is that it could be she's still so in love with him and so kind of inspired in her own right by the fact that maybe he's inspired. Because that's the whole reason they're at that resort to begin with. Yeah, he's yeah. out there to kind of reignite a fire in him and to find some inspiration. Well, by God, they found it. And yeah. so there's, I think there might be a part of her that's saying, well, this is why we came here. So I kind of had to just let him go do his own thing, whether I agree with it or not. Yeah. And I do, I do feel like she is kind of naive. James is a broke writer, but he does feel privileged. She's for sure privileged because yeah. her dad is a, like a, a publisher. They make tons of money. Yeah. So she, I feel like she's never had to struggle. She doesn't really understand where James is kind of coming from with that. So maybe she just kind of wants to let him go and... And find whatever he wants to find, not thinking it's going to lead to where it does. But damn, if you just, I just can't imagine in the, even in the United States, if I, if something happened like this to me here and someone that spoke English that I, I felt, you know, comfortable in told me, well, for a certain price, we can make a body double of you to, you know, for execution and you can still live. I would be like, what the fuck? Where am I? Like, this <laughs> Okay, so take that and put it in a foreign country where I have no idea where I'm at. Yeah. Like, I'm freaking out. So just, oh, yeah. just the fact that anybody's okay with this just kind of blows my dome. You know, yeah. 
in its own in its own regard. But I mean, yeah. it's like I mean, look at movies like Hostel. You know, you know that shit happens. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. For a certain price, you can go on the black market and and play Mr. Director and yeah. do whatever you yeah. want. Sex, someone. Yeah. Sex trafficking's everywhere. I mean, it's even in the U.S. Like stuff oh, like that. Exactly. I mean, so it's it's very real. Even though Brandon Cronenberg used you know Atolka, the fictional town. It's still very real. You know, this is yeah. still a very real fear for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I mean, Gabby, he, he's just enamored by Gabby. I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, really, you know. Yeah. She is just, she's beautiful. Basically, when she pulls him into the lounge and they have their drink, she tells him that Albin was uh, building another hotel, I think, at the resort or something. And he was building an infinity pool on one of the higher uh, uh, floors of the hotel and it ended up collapsing or something happened to where the glass broke and fell and two of the cr- uh, construction workers were killed. So that's how they kind of found out about what the government was doing. And Yeah, about the cloning, the doubles. Yes, because Alvin, even though, just like James, it wasn't his fault that that happened. Yeah. Mm-mm. That the infinity pool broke and those people got killed. That's just, you know, it was an accident. So he had already been in that situation, and that's how they knew about it. And they just became just totally seduced by the idea of money can buy me whatever I want to do. I can go out and be crazy and kill people and break into their homes and do whatever I want to to them and get my revenge in some situations. Yeah. And it'd be okay because for the price of a dollar, you know, money can buy anything to certain people. Yeah, and especially especially in places like that, where right. it's kind of like you know the crazy is kind of okay to be out in the open, and you can elaborate on it and make clones of people and kill them because you c- committed a crime and now you have to be executed. But you don't really want to die. You just have enough money for to be able to do this. It's just it's a head spin. In this movie, he's so he's so naive and yeah. just. Like, ready to go with what anybody says. Yeah. And I feel like we're not like that. Like, if you just met this girl and, uh, you know. trust a beautiful woman who gave him a quick reach around on the beach. Because the first part where they messed up was going outside the compound. And they're the ones that that was like, hey, come with us. We do this all the time. They Mm -hmm. were, like, pretty much seducing them. To come out, luring them to come out with them. Almost like they knew something might happen. Almost. I don't know. Like the way they, you know, how the movie plays out, how they start treating James. It's like she uh, she focused on him at the very beginning. Yes. I feel like, you know, in a lot of these situations, we, we normally see the men, the older men. You know, Albin's a, a lot older than Gabby's character. Yeah. He's got the money. We see normally in these kind of situations the men with the money in control. Yeah. And, and in this situation, it was Albin has the money, but Gabby's in control. Yeah. He was for sure the leader of, you know, they all just kind of went along with whatever. She was just so seductive to them. And yeah. And they 
along with whatever she wanted to do and didn't question it. And I feel like maybe that's kind of how Alvin got hooked on her, too. You know, we don't yeah. obviously learn that, but maybe, you know, maybe that's how they got hooked up in the first place. I mean, Gabby wasn't the best actress, but she was obviously good at conning people and, and good at using her sexuality and her beauty to kind of get what she wanted. But like I said, I think that's probably how her and Alvin got hooked up in the first place. And he's, you know, stuck around for so long that he married her. Yeah. So after Gabby gets James and kind of tells her the whole, uh, tells, tells him the whole spiel of how they figured all this out, the subculture yeah. to this foreign country, they go to this group, they go to this like party at this big fancy house and Alvin's there and like uh, two other couples. Um, yeah. there, uh, there's, uh, one actress by the name of Andrew, uh, Amanda Bruegel. I can't remember what her name was in this movie. I'll have to look it up, but she was, uh, she's in The Handmaid's Tale. And she's a fantastic actress. I didn't get a good shot of her face till the end of the movie, but I told you, I was like, I think she's that girl. Yep. Yeah. Her, name was, her name was Jennifer. But she played a good part. And it was her and a few other older gentlemen. If you notice that, all the men were older. Yes. Notice that? They were all yeah. older women. Yeah. So I feel like that, you know, that's also something that is important. It was kind of the opposite with... Uh, James and M, but M was also young too, though. I don't know if that was supposed to be a play on that there, but. Could have been. Yeah. Maybe he felt, maybe he felt emasculated in a lot of ways. Maybe he felt like. Yeah. Because she's the woman and she's got all the money and he's obviously not a successful writer. Maybe that was another driving force that what took him down the path he did. Oh yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah. She kind of, I don't feel like she did it intentionally, but maybe just through his failures as a writer, he felt like less of a man because she yeah. had all the money to start with. And I would feel like just for myself, if I was like making all the money and well, and not she's not necessarily making the money, but if a man was living off of me, I would have a little bit of resentment. <laughs> like, I mean, just a little. If he was... Especially if he was able to work. Now, if something happened and he wasn't able to work or something, I totally get that. But right. if it, he's an able-bodied man and mm-hmm. he's telling me that he's a writer and, you know, he his first book sucked and then he still hasn't wrote for about six years. Yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah, there's going to be some growing resentment there. I mean, I agree with you. If If I was working for so long... Or, well, I mean, like you said, even though she wasn't working, but she did have all the money. And, yeah. and I mean, you kind of, I mean, you don't necessarily want to rely on a man, but it's nice to have a man making money who can contribute. Yeah. You know, we kind of are ingrained to kind of want that as, as girls, you know, and as women. Yeah. I mean, after so long of chasing a dream and nothing coming from it and one failed book and no inspiration, I don't know. It's, I mean, I very much am that person, so it's hard for me to be on the other side of it. But then the realist is like, okay, like you said, he's an able-bodied man. So he yeah. can just go get a nine-to-five job that can right. pay the bills, help pay the bills while he still writes on the side. You yeah. know, you don't just have to devote your entire existence to that book. You have to be able to manage both. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I get that as a writer too. I mean, I kind of, I call it the dreamer gene. I kind of suffer from that, like the dream of wanting to do something great and 
especially with movies and my love for all that and writing. But yeah. I, over the years and, and through growing up, you kind of realize that, okay, well, maybe I won't fulfill that great big dream that I wanted, but I can um, record a podcast and talk about yeah. it. Like, yeah, I can yeah. make. You know, I can make candles based on movies that I like. I can <laughs> hang out with my best friends who like movies. You know, that's yeah. and be in communities who like the same kind of movies I do. So I feel like James doesn't have that balance that necessarily is needed in a marriage like that. And that was kind of their downfall, I feel like, in the long run. Because M does ultimately leave and go back home. And he's staying there. And yeah. The- um, we're thinking he can't find his passport. Yes. So they're at this party where we find out, okay, Gabby, Alvin, all of them have been through this where they've killed somebody or they've hurt somebody and they've yeah. had a, a double made. Yes. It it really does feel like a cult. I mean, did it not? It felt like. Yeah. But I also thought, um, and one of the one of the men in the room even comments about this. I was thinking that maybe something was going to happen to where the the real person got executed and the clone was the person sitting at, now in the all of those people in there were clones. You know, mixed up somehow. Yes. And, yeah. And even one of the men in the room comments. He goes. It's just something, you know, always in the back of my mind. I'm never going to know if I'm actually the double or if the real person, you know, or if um, I'm the real person and the double actually died or if it was vice versa. Exactly. And, and you, you won't ever know. But So I kind of thought maybe he was going to take it in that route that it was going to be the doubles and that's why they were evil and all that. But no, that's not how it. It was the, it, I mean, I'm taking it as it was the real people. The way they started, you know, being able to clone themselves and doing all, just doing whatever they want, hurting whoever they want, killing whoever they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it turned them into these evil people that just did not give a flying flip, you know. About and, who they hurt or for whatever reason. Yeah. It was just their own selfish wants and needs, and they were going to fulfill it no matter what. Because yeah. they had the, they had the money to pay. Well, and also you you find out later on that they're they're messing around with James. They don't really care about James. They're yeah. using him as a puppet. He's just a tool. Like so. Um. Anyways, we'll get back into they. Uh. They go to the. They're at this party, and they're all just sitting around talking. And then they start, it's at the party, right, where they start talking about they're going to, they're going to go, they've got this plan, and they're going to go to the per, it's the man that executed them, correct? Correct? Yeah, Yeah, the, the, um, it wasn't the detective, it was, was it, I don't think it was the guy over the resort, but I feel like he was mentioned. Like, basically, he was the one who gave the okay to say they're executed. And that's and, who they were going after. And so they all, um, they asked James, right, if he'll be in on it. They're, that's kind of what they're insinuating, that they're talking about, um, that they're going to go do this. And uh, yeah. they're insinuating James needs to go with them. So he does. And they, I'm assuming they break into, they break in somewhere and steal the masks. Well, so, 
Yeah, uh, well, at the resort, they were having that celebration. Remember at the beginning, yeah. was, what was that celebration about? I can't remember exactly. Uh, either. Let's see. Uh, the resort host stands in front of a band that is wearing weirdly disfigured masks, which seem out of place in the idyllic settling idyllic setting which yeah i mean that was one of the first shots of the movie that we'd seen from the poster but yeah. that was just like an opening scene that we were like whoa like we don't even know what this is from yeah see the host then reminds guests that these quote ugly masks are on sale at the gift shop it's an early indication that the locals know exactly who they are dealing with they are dealing with the rich, privileged class that F. Scott Fitzgerald described in The Great Gatsby. Quote, careless people. They smashed up things and creatures and then retreated back into their money or their vast carelessness or whatever it was that kept them together and let other people clean up the mess they had made. And I feel like that's yeah. a perfect representation of what this Gabby and Alvin run kind of group was doing. Yeah. And, I mean, they just sunk their claws into James and... I mean, I really do feel like he was going down this rabbit hole of, I I am a struggling writer and I need some inspiration, so let's see where this is going. No matter where it where it took him, he was desperate, and you know, like he like you said, I feel like my fan base had to be somewhere, and he believed them when yeah, and he when they told him that yeah, we've read your book and we like it, yeah, and, but really they never read it. They just Googled it. They revealed later on they never read the book. Yeah. Like, Gabby just did that to lure him in. And so they they go to the guy's house that, you know, said be okay to execute them. So and they broke into the gift shop. I get, yeah. I, so they broke into the gift shop and they steal those these masks mm-hmm. that we see at the beginning of the movie. And they're just like these grotesque, deformed masks. Um, that kind of like the um, I thought it too but then while I was searching just now I saw it had made a reference to that Twilight Zone episode where the faces are weird it's called uh, The Eye of the Beholder I believe it's one of like the really great Twilight Zone yeah they basically all have these weird deformed masks and weird masks on that's kind of how your face your face forms to the mask and it kind of shows your true self that you really are ugly they were kind of making comparisons with, I mean, it makes sense. One of them kind of looked like the Strangers <laughs> masks. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah. yeah. But they were just a little bit more, just a little more grotesque and gory and dirt, dirty looking. And they had like, like one had like two faces and mm-hmm. yeah, they were, they were like, really cool. They were cool though. Really cool. But I mean, it, it is, it is kind of foreshadowing in that way where. I mean, when they do put the masks on, even though they are covering their faces, they really still are ugly people. Yeah. And their true intentions. And we really never find out how long they've been doing this. I don't think Gabby told him, like, how many years ago that accident with the Infinity Pool happened. Um, so, I mean, they could have been doing this for years. And who knows? I mean, Gabby's pretty young compared to Albin. You know, she could have been, you know, just yeah. a teenager. Whenever she started doing it. But then after they end up, they break into the guy's house and they feel like they've secured everybody and they haven't. And one gets a shot off. Alvin gets shot. And then they wake up just like cut screen and they wake up and, and they're in the in the cell again. All of them, James, Gabby, Alvin, all the whole group's in there. Yeah, the whole group of them. 
in their white little robes waiting to get yep. executed. Like, no problem just having a chat, you know, like, hmm. no problem. And the detective walks in there, remember, uh, remember, and one of them goes, we've been waiting forever. Can we hurt, like, pretty much saying, let's just hurry this up. Like, yeah. It's like something they, they just do it every day. Like, let's just get it over with. It, it was just that. It's that entitled attitude, too. You know, I, I've, I've got the power because I've got the money, so I'm going to do whatever I want. And, you know, I've done this before, so, you yeah. know, why are we waiting? Let's get it over with. And so the detective walks in, and he's like, well, you guys don't really seem to understand how our cult- culture really works. And you're kind of taking advantage of us, and this is not what this was meant to be. And they grab them all up, and they take them to the execution chamber, and we're thinking, yeah, oh, we're like, oh, they're executing them for real. <laughs> I thought that one, at least a few of them were going to die, you know. And then, yeah. and then James jumps up and grabs a knife and the cops are circling him. And then uh, one of them cuts his throat. Yeah. And we're just like, what? Because we're thinking that's James. That's the real. Yeah. He, he just got his throat cut. No. As soon as he gets yeah. But it pans back to the audience, and the real James and the real Gabby and the real, all of them are yeah. watching all this go down. And so we're fooled, and yes. we feel like fools because we think it's really them. And, and they're that, just laughing and carrying all. They just think it's so hilarious, the whole scene. And we're like, you know, oh, my gosh, they're, yeah. they're dead. They're all dead. I thought and, uh, it was gonna be like a like a psycho type thing where James, the main character, dies halfway through the movie. That's why yeah. at that moment I was like, "Oh no, he's dead!" No, nope, yeah. Dead. And it was at that moment, you know, about halfway through the movie, where you know I was kind of starting to ask myself, "Well, do I really know what's going on? Is this okay? Is that really the real James in the audience? Yeah. Or is this still another clone? Which yeah. that plays into the title, Infinity Pool. You know, it's constantly. Right. You know, kind of like Groundhog Day going on. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about when they first, when James first gets cloned, and they put him in the this oh, machine or whatever that yeah. uh, does clone him. Trippy dude, it was super trippy. So he steps into like this. Um, it looks like blood, just gross blood, and he like he steps into it. And he's got this, uh, oh yeah, before they put him in there, they, uh, he has to strip down, so he's naked, mm-hmm. and, um, he has a pretty nice bod, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, <laughs> really nice body, <laughs> but they put one of those, if you've ever played, uh, what it reminded me of, if you've ever played Speak Out, <laughs> it's called Speak, Speak Out or something like that. Yeah, that game. Uh, yeah, it has like a, a device. It's like a thing you put in your mouth, and it makes your mouth, like, go out like this. And uh, they put that in his mouth, and then they, like, turn it on, I'm guessing, and just all this other blood starts coming in. And it looks even, it looks even more gross than what was already in there. Like, it looks like it has, like, chunks in it, and it just looks disgust. And anyways, it, it starts twirling in there. And then, like, it starts flash, like, the lights start flashing. I was like, dang. Yeah, I know. And it, it was just, like, him, and he starts, like, morphing into, you. I don't know. It's like he's just being, like, 
<laughs> tore from the inside out, and he's just, his mind is, uh, you know, his mom is just pretty much like tripping, I guess. You know, like LSD or acid. He, yeah. that, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it reminded me of. His, his face starts morphing into other stuff. Like, you see, uh, Gabby, he starts seeing Gabby. I'm sure there was other imagery, but it's not. Oh, it's a lot of different lights and yeah. blending of different stuff and, and flash. Yeah. yeah, it was just a trip. I think he saw images of his wife. I don't remember if he saw images of him hitting that, uh, hitting the guy or if any of that. Anyways, yeah, it just, I think it was trying to give you the feeling of him just being, he, I mean, he's pretty much being split in two. Like he's being cloned. Like it was not a, it was a painful process, I'm sure. After that original clone, at the, the very first one, when it first happens, from that point on, he always has a headache. For the rest yeah, of the I noticed week, that, too. Almost like it just won't go away. It's just a yeah. constant headache. Uh, well, and I guess also it was kind of insinuating his memories were going into this other clone also. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, yeah. Um, funny, funny enough, I found this meme on Facebook the other day, and now it makes total sense. But it was the shot of... Alexander Skarsgård wake it up the look and yeah. the type, the text above it said um the bay leaf floating in the spaghetti pasta okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that would all make sense it does it totally does that is hilarious but I mean after that I feel like after that whole scene of where we think it's them dying, but no, it's not. It just kind of goes off the rails. I mean, I feel like there was, for the, the majority of the rest of the movie, we were just, like, silent, just, like, sucked into the TV. Because we didn't really know what was going on. Because at that point, James, or so we think it's James, kind of feels like he's he's kind of done. Like he said, he, he can't find his passport. But after this happens, he goes directly into the bathroom in his hotel room, and his passport is taped underneath the toilet seat where he is. So he did that on purpose from the beginning. And now, okay, he has his passport, and he's ready to go. So he gets on the bus to leave, and Gabby and Alvin and the rest of them are in this fucking caravan driving up by this, uh, like, Greyhound-type bus to take him to the airport and pretty much hijacks the bus. But wait, you're, the reason why he does that, though, is because they they make that clone of him to make fun of him. And then he does that, remember? Oh, that was after. No, though, but the one before, they did another one, remember? And he peed on him and all that? And it, they oh. took the thing off and it was him. Yes, because he thought he was beating up that detective. Yes. Okay, they did. That's what happened. Yes, you're right. Yeah. He thought they were going get one on the detective because of what just happened, and he is beating this guy up with the bag over his head and thinks it's the detective. But when they rip the bag off, it's not. It's a clone of him. And he like pees on him, pees on him, <laughs> and then once they see him doing it, they all jump in on yes. it. Yes. Weird because in that whole scene, that whole scene, Mia Goth is like circling him and all yeah. of and just watching him because she knows what's really going. Going on, and then yeah, that really freaked him out. And I feel like you know he he could see other people kill him, kill his clone. He wasn't prepared to do it himself, and she kind of forced him to make that choice whether he wanted to or not. And she's the one that ripped the bag off of the the clone's head and was like, "Look!" And he was beat up. His like his face was all cut up. 
Like, I mean, they had, they had beat him up pretty bad. And then yeah. started peeing on, I mean, like, yeah. come on. Very yeah. degrading. They're playing him like a fiddle. Um, and back to kind of how long have they been doing this? Did they yeah. have random tourists every year? And, you know, kind of make them, you know, their, his play, their play toy to some degree, whether it be a man or a woman. And James, yeah. it was a man. But, I mean, maybe this is something they do every year. Because right. they talk about coming back to that resort, you know, every year. We'll see you next year. But, yeah, so that's what ultimately kind of sends James over the edge and makes him want to leave. He has this moment of, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've been doing this to myself, <laughs> like, pretty much. Yeah. And he runs away and hides himself in the bathroom. Mia Goth starts coming in. Gabby, she starts coming in, knocking on the door like, James, James, it was yeah. just for fun. It yeah. was just for fun, James. We're not, you know, we're not doing this. It was just like a prank, pretty much. We we paid for a double just to have some fun. Like, yeah, yeah we find out we find out that they paid that detective off to get another double. Of him, who knows how many doubles of James I've got running like silly. Yeah. I mean, that's where the infinity pool, you know, it comes back to the title. Yeah. So he gets on like anesthetic caravan, and they just pull up and start harassing him, like while he's trying to leave. They shoot the window out where he sits. Yes. And they pull the, the bus over. Yep. And this is when Mia Goth slash Gabby gets real fucking annoying. She starts talking in this whiny kind of sing-songy, Jamesy, Jamesy, come on, baby. Just talking to baby. She's yeah. the baby, which you'll, it all comes into play at the end. But. Yeah, she's degrading him. She's putting him down. But yep. she's. Talking to him like like he's a dog. That's what I was thinking. I was like, why is she treating him like he's a dog? Finally, I mean, just like a little coward, he comes out of the van with his hands up and comes right back over to the car and gets well, in. she's holding that gun. She's holding that gun up at the bus, and she's like, yeah. uh, she goes, we'll come in and shoot everybody on the bus if you don't bring, if you don't, like, make James get off the bus, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he does. He They make him walk. Instead yep. of getting in the car, they make him walk in front of the car while Gabby is on the hood. <laughs> like, Great bottle of wine. She's going off. Really she's, drunk. She's saying every degrading thing you could think of yes. to him to try to get a, ra- a rise out of him. But that rise doesn't come until she says, you know, we never read your book. Yep. And then he stops and turns around and looks at her. And he realizes then that he was the fool. But even through that realization, he's still intrigued by the whole idea of it, no matter what. And so that pisses him off, and he goes back and is trying to get Gabby, and then they all come out. But they're all thinking he's pissed, and he's, like, trying to physically hurt them, and they're still just laughing it off, like, oh, Jack. It's like she drops them. She's drinking wine, and she accidentally drops it, and it falls off, and he grabs it. He tries to hit her with it or something, but he can't even do that. Like, he just, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, dude. It's like the, it's like almost the only sense of, I don't know, manhood or, I guess, sense of purpose he felt that he had was through his writing. And he got some validation of, into that start of the movie, but then right then it was all shut down. Yeah. And he realized that, nope, they really didn't. And, they really, you know, kind of pulled the hole over my eyes and really screwed him over. But, yeah, they pretty much all have a tussle. 
Mm-hmm. And he starts running or kind of limping through this field pretty much. Like, and she starts shooting. Gabby starts shooting at him and she hits him in the leg. And, uh, so then he, uh, like comes up. Well, he keeps going. And, uh, get, he, you think he gets away from him and he goes to this and it looks like he's going to a farmhouse. Yeah, random farmhouse. Yes. Off in the slasher movie that you're getting away from the killer and you happen upon him. And he like, he collapses as soon as he gets up to him or gets up to the house and there's two people outside and they start running to him. Then he wakes up like in this, like inside of an old, you know, decrepit farmhouse. And he's in like the top loft, I guess you would say. Isn't it the is it the same kid or is it the younger kid that comes I in? It's the same kid. The same kid. So See, the same they, kid. Something we forgot to mention was that they he took those drugs. Remember? It oh was, yes. It was like some kind of hiawaska like type. Like in a bowl that she lit on fire and he kind of and he kind of went along with the trip. You know, it was almost like he was experiencing what he experienced in the chamber where he was getting cloned, but in real life, you know, like like without that, pretty much. That's kind of like that same high that they were all chasing, really. I guess that maybe they found a way to kind of replicate it. But that's kind of what set him off. And then he's, when he's in that cabin, he's still, he, it's like he's doing it again and he's having those same hallucinations. He's starting to see his wife and she's on top of him and she's stabbing him. Now we're starting to wonder, is she really there? Is she in on this? Did she really leave? And then he starts grabbing her head and pulls it apart, like rips it apart pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I guess in that scene, we were kind of told that he was cloned again because then when he wakes up, he tries to escape, but they're all outside. Gabby says, bring out the dog. And it's another clone of James. Yes. Naked with a dog collar on. And they're yep. looking around like a fucking dog. Yep. And Gabby wants him to kill the dog himself. He won't do it. He, he's trying to put his foot down and says, no, you know, I'm not doing it. And she tells him, it's for your own good. You need to do this. Yes. Well, he tried to, did he try to fight him? Is that why they let the dog go? Because they eventually let him go because there's a tussle and then the dog gets on him. He was beating the shit out of the dog, right? Yeah, first the dog had the upper hand on him. And yeah. he somehow got on top of the dog mm-hmm. and just starts pounding Beat- yep, the face in. In a very extended sequence. Yes. <laughs> very. Pounding. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, that was We're like, is this is this really still going on? Like, I think I think we got it now. Like, yeah, I mean, blood yeah. is dripping all over his hand. I mean, of course, I loved it because I love gore, but it did go on for it. It might not have had to go on for so long, right. but yeah, it was it was pretty gory. They got the point across, that's for sure. Yeah, but then so then he realizes what he's done, and then Gabby comes over, and she's yeah, kind of, you know, now mind you, during the whole like bus hijacking scene where they got him out she's calling him a baby baby Jesse, babe she's you know just oh my gosh yeah and after that happens and he kills the dog slash his clone she comes over and she consoles him like she's holding a baby yeah got him in her arms and she's rubbing his head and he's kind of like rocking like an infant in the fetal position and then all of a sudden she whips her tit out Yes. 
see that her uh, nipple has already been red, so you can already see that it's already happened before. And then James starts sucking on the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Did they really? Oh, damn, we got to see this again. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, oh. My gosh. And I looked at Hannah. As soon as she whipped her tit out, I said, no. I grabbed yeah. her. I said, no. And sure enough, oh, my gosh. I could not believe that. Oh, Barbarian all over again. I know. This Two was movies that this reminds me of. Lighthouse. And, well, I mean, not <laughs> reminds me, but just had moments. But, yeah, it totally had a Barbarian moment, and he sucked her tit. Yeah. So, I still prefer prefer this one over Barbarian, though. 100%. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We'll just have to do that. We just need to do a whole video or a whole um, podcast where we talk about movies that we aren't that crazy about. Oh, yeah, I'm down for that. Men, bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes. There was a few of them, but there were so many good ones last year, but there were a few duds. Yeah. But, um, uh, so yeah, that happens. Don't we just kind of, after that, don't we just kind of cut to them, like, I think, sort of getting ready to leave? Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, so (laughs) everybody's just leaving now? Yeah. And, and I mean, and even James was kind of like, wait, it's just kind of done, you you know, and it's all not, you know, once again, nonchalant. And, we're on another bus, but this time all of them are on there voluntarily, and they're all yeah. leaving. Everybody in the group, Gabby, Alvin, James, uh, the other three, four characters. Yeah. But they're all on the bus, and they're just talking like, and the Gabby that's on that bus sounded like the Gabby that James met at the first of the movie. The Gabby yeah. that was there letting that James suck her boob was yeah. not was not the Gabby from the original movie. So, I mean, the whole, or like at the start of the movie, I should say. I mean, the whole movie was just kind of a mind trip. And it's like, are they really them? Is that really the the first, the original people we saw, is that really them that's leaving? Yeah. And Gabby and Alvin and the rest of them, they say, okay, James, you know, will we see you next year? We hope we do. You know, we hope we do. That kind of alludes to the fact that, okay, this is something they do every year. And maybe that's how they've kind of acquired so many people in that little kind of group of, you know, Cold, yeah. I guess say. You know, they all just kind of walk off, and they're in the airport, and yeah, and they just say, we'll see you next year, and that's it. And then the airport's kind of empty, and we see James there with his passport and his ticket, and it's got his yeah. name on He didn't leave. And then yes. the next he goes thing, back to that goes back resort. To the resort. We see him at the resort. It's pouring rain. Yeah, like it's about to monsoon. Yeah, he's the only one on the beach, and uh, roll credits. He, he yeah. stayed, and everybody he left. Stayed. Now that I'm thinking about it, why would she? How would she have had milk? Like I'm wondering, did she really think that he was like? Were they all so delusional? They really thought he was like a baby. Like she really thought he was a baby, and that made her lactate. I'm want because I mean, or did she have a like? How was she? Or was it just him sucking on her boob? Maybe it was just implied. Maybe type okay, thing. yeah. Maybe like, he was just sucking on it. As the baby, but nothing I'm really. I'm not looking too far into it, but I'm just like, how would she have been? Anyways, that well, was a weird well, part. I, mean, like I said, you could tell he had been doing it. Like, her nipple was red. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it had been, it, he'd been doing it before. In that scene, too, Gabby was really the only one that talked. Like, Alvin didn't talk. Yeah. None of the other members in that little cult did talked. So, yeah. I'm 
wondering if Gabby was not the mother to all of them in that scenario. Maybe they were all babies to Gabby. Maybe that's what it was. That one scenario with the clones, you know. And I'm also wondering the cold aspect of it. Like, maybe that was how he got almost initiated into the cult, was he had to kill his clone. Because she tried to make him kill the clone at the that party. That's what yeah. set him off to leave the first time. And then she made him kill his clone because she kept saying, it's for your own good. I'm pretty yeah. sure she even said that at the party. Mm-hmm. I, I think she said that at the party. So I'm wondering... You know, maybe there is a little cult aspect of it as that was him. You know, he had to do that to be welcomed in officially or something, maybe. Right. Or I also kind of thought maybe it was imagery for him sort of killing that, the emasculated part of himself. Because that that is sort of how he was feeling at the beginning of the movie. He felt like a dog. Anyways, I think also it was a visual for him was killing that that part of himself. Right. And I think finally getting to a place where he liked, and then when they were just kind of like, okay, we're done, he was like, what the? He didn't want to lose that high. He became addicted to it. It was just, yeah. you know, he, he just wanted to keep doing it. He wanted he didn't want that feeling to go away. Yeah. Because he didn't get that feeling while he was writing. He didn't right. get that with his wife this is the only way he could feel that way and he didn't want it to stop so i mean all in all what would you rank this out of five oh i really liked it i gotta say i'm gonna give it a four out of five i mean it sucked me in i'm not gonna say it's one that i would watch again and again i would have to be like in the mood for it or maybe like if i was showing it to somebody that hadn't seen it i would watch it again we're going to have to get Hunter to watch it. So we'll yes, but it's not something like Dead Alive for me or like Dawn of the Dead or the 80s right. horror movies we love. You know, it's not something that I would want to watch again and again, but it is, I, I really liked it. For what it is and what it's trying to get across and what it represents, I really, really liked it. I think I'm right there with you. I think I'd give it a four out of five. Just because, you know, rewatchability is a big thing with me. And if a new, yeah. if a, if a new movie can give me that rewatchability, that's, you know, a winner. I mean, the last one for me was X. I'll preach X till the day I die. That's, it's so good. We need to get Hunter to watch it. I'd like to see a few other people watch it and hear their thoughts on it, you know. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch. And it's one I could pick up six months from now if somebody said, hey, have you seen Infinity Pool? Hell yeah, let's put it on. You know. Yeah. Brandon Cronenberg really did, I mean, I think he did a fantastic job of kind of making his own path. We need to go back yeah. antiviral and possessor, but not, you know, not so straightforwardly, but following in his father's footsteps. Yeah. I feel like even though that's something I think he's doing, I think he's doing his father a service. I think he's, I think this was great. Yeah. Because I mean, especially in the Hollywood scene, if, you know, if you've got a parent or whatever that's in the business, you're always going to be compared to them. But in the same regard, if you're always being compared to them, you at least want it to meet their standard. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, for this to be his third feature-length film, I think he's doing a pretty damn good job for the whole, you know, just to be even compared to his father. You yeah. know, and the whole back catalog David Cronenberg does have of amazing body horror movies. And for this to be Brandon's third, I mean, I think he's going to do really awesome things. And 
I'm excited to see what other stuff. I'll watch it, whatever stuff he comes out with. Well, all right, guys, that wraps it up for episode five. We're getting into kind of a good flow here to where we're trying to get weekly stuff out. It might not happen every yeah. week, but right now we're on a good kind of groove, so we're going to kind of keep going at that pace. Episode six of Last of Us airs next Sunday. So we will be reviewing episodes four through six, hopefully with Hunter this time. Yes. Not say any, uh, any knock on Hyderberg. Thank you, Hyderberg from a cut above for coming yes, on. Yes. Thank you so much. We had a blast with Hyderberg. Yeah. He was great and he's awesome. I love to yes. hear his thoughts on stuff, especially video games. He's, he's just a really smart dude in general. It's fun when you don't want to hang up. You're like, Oh, I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a really great guy and the, their podcast is great. A cut above. Uh, John Hyderberg and, uh, is his, his name is John, right? Yeah, John and Okay. Jack. And Jacqueline. Yeah. Yeah, they're all great. I listened to their, um, podcast episode last week, Master, and it was, it was very good. Highly recommend it. Yep, you can find them pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and, Right now we're on Spotify, Google, Anchor, and we're trying to get on Apple. I'm working on that, so hopefully soon we'll uh, we'll be out there for Apple Apple listeners if you use Apple Podcasts. But for the time being, I am Anna signing off. I am Hannah signing out, peeps. And we will see you guys next time. I think we know the rest of the story.